What is up, guys, and welcome to the fifth episode of the podcast today. I'm your host, as usual, Anthony, and today we're going to be discussing five NBA players who have improved from last season. But before we jump into it, I just want to apologize for not posting over the last four months because I've been in school and it's been quite busy for me. So I'm going to try and get back into it now, and here we go. So my first choice for an NBA player who improved from last season is Serge Ibaka. I feel like he has improved because he is now playing the center role for Toronto compared to last season where he was in the power forward position. So now he's getting more touches near the rim. He's shooting more bunnies instead of three-pointers. Whereas last season he was sort of forced into the stretch four role under Dwayne Casey. I don't think that was really his style. He's not really a super efficient three-point shooter. He is better off near the rim and shooting the mid-range off the pick-and-roll with Lowry or whoever's running the pick-and-roll. In fact, he is now averaging 16 points per game this season compared to 12.5 from last season. and is averaging one more rebound per game at 7.3 compared to any other time since he joined Toronto. This has actually revived his career in my opinion as he is playing a sort of Al Horford role for the Raptors this season. He's really showing improvement and is one of the reasons why the Raptors are 27-11 and 11 as of today. Um, December 31st. And I think this role for him is vital for the Raptors' success, as we have seen throughout the early parts of the season when everyone was healthy, healthy that he was their main starting center and was more athletic than Valanciunas and can really defend people like Al Horford better. So at number two, we're going to stick with the Raptors and we're going to put Pascal Siakam at number two. I think he is a most improved player candidate for this season for winning the actual award itself as he has become a rising star this season. He is taking over the starting power forward position for the Toronto Raptors and he is developing his three-point shot from last season compared to last season. Sorry, He has become a more reliable ball handler as well especially in the open floor and transition we see Siakam playing this role more often as he's getting more trust from Nick Nurse and he's really trying to sort of, I guess, push Siakam and put him into the positions where he's successful, which is a lot of running because he's so athletic and that sort of role really fits his game. He has improved his stats in the following ways. We see that he is now averaging 14.5 points per game this season compared to only 7 from last season. And he is also a starter for the Raptors playing over 30 minutes per game in comparison to only 20 minutes per game last season. He's both improved in his minutes played and he has shown and Nick Nurse is now confident in him to be playing all these minutes and he is putting up the numbers to support it as well. He is definitely in my mind probably uh, the runner-up right now for most improved player. So now we're going to move to De'Aaron Fox, who I think is the number one candidate for the most improved player of the year this season. He has definitely consumed the role as the starting point guard for the Sacramento Kings, as he is averaging 18.3 points per game this season, compared to only 11.6 points per game last season. 
This isn't the only place where he has improved. He has also shown major improvements in the way he assists the ball as he is now averaging 7.7 points per game assists per game this season compared to 4.4 last season. So in addition to being a better scorer and a better three-point shooter, he is showing signs that he is a better passer as well, which is an essential role for him as the point guard on the Sacramento Kings. He is in my mind the front runner to win MIP this season, as he is now leading the Sacramento Kings into the playoffs, as currently they are actually the ninth seed, so they are a half game out of the playoffs and five games back at the first seed, as we know the Western Conference is stacked. However, they're only a half game back of the Spurs, which means they're right in there. They're right in the playoff race, and I think they'll go... They'll be in the playoff race the entire season. I'm not sure if they're going to actually make the playoffs because they're not really an elite team with any elite players. They just have two really young, solid stars in De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, as well as Willie Cauley-Stein at the center has been pretty solid for them. However, other than that and some reliability from Bogdan Bogdanovich, they haven't really been, I don't think they've been a top eight team this year. However, getting back to De'Aaron Fox, I think that the biggest jump in his game from last season is his improvement at the three-point line, as he is now shooting 39% from three this season, which will probably fall off a little, probably down to like 36, 35. However, I think that long-term his shooting will improve. And this was the biggest issue with him coming out of college, is they knew he was the, one of the fastest players in the NBA. They knew he'd become one of the fastest players in the NBA. They knew he could kind of he could pass as well. He knew he was a good passer, but they weren't sure about his shot, and they didn't know if his shot would translate. But at this point, his shot has both improved and it seems like it is going to be effective long term for this team. And I think that if he has a good shot and he's a good passer, as well as being fast in transition like he is, I don't see why he can't become a top five, ten player in the NBA once he develops and enters his prime. Sticking with Sacramento Kings' backcourt, we're going to look at his shooting guard friend, Buddy Heald, who is another candidate for most approved player. Buddy Heald is averaging 20 points per game this season compared to only 13.5 last season. Heald is obviously a pure scorer at the shooting guard position, so there isn't much that we see improved other than the number of shots he's taking and thus the number of points he is averaging. As usual, though, he's a sniper from three as he's averaging 42% from three thus far in the season and is slowly continuing to improve his overall game. He's 26 years old currently, and his game has suddenly taken this leap in the positive direction. This is because he has always had this insane work ethic and is always willing to grow as a player, and in a couple years, I think he will become an all-star caliber player. This will set up Sacramento's backcourt for their future with Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox. The last, the last person who I'm going to put in my most improved bracket, this was a tough one for me. I don't really want to say that this one is guaranteed. It's sort of, it's sort of relative. It's like, this is my opinion, but I think that you could flip in other players like Embiid I think you put it, I think you put in Sabonis and I would be okay with that. However, I chose Paul George as my last most improved player of the season. 
And I don't know why people aren't talking about Paul George more this season. He's averaging, I think, 20, he's averaging 26.5 points per game this season. And he's leading the Thunder to the third seed in the West. Why is he not... Um, why is he not an MVP candidate? Why is he not a dark horse to win MVP? Why is no one talking about him as an MVP caliber player? I think he could win MVP this season, especially if the Thunder continue to play well and surpass the Warriors and potentially even the Nuggets and climb into that first seed. They're only a game and a half back at the first seed. And they are good enough to... They're definitely a good enough team to make it to the top. So anyway, I chose Paul George, and here's my case. Don't hate me yet, just let me explain, and then maybe you'll understand. Paul George is part of the Thunder, who are the third seed in the West, and are the best defensive team in the NBA. Paul George will guard your team's best player, and he will also score the most points for the Thunder while doing so. So he is, sometimes, he is the best player on the Thunder, a third seed in the tough Western Conference. He is the top team in that uh, the top player on that team in both scoring as well as defending. He will defend the Kevin Durant, he will defend the LeBron James, he will defend your best wing. He will defend your Kawhi Leonard. And he will give them a tough time while doing it. And then on the other side of the court, he'll average almost 27 points per game. He's averaging 8 rebounds a game, which is a career high, as well as 4.2 assists per game, 2.2 steals, and is doing this more efficiently than last season. Him and Russell Westbrook are definitely blending better this season, and I think they're actually a true contender to win the season, which is going to be awesome to watch in the playoffs. I'm excited. A lot of credit, though, to, to Paul George's success is Westbrook taking a backseat to him and letting Paul George shoot almost 20 field goals per game, which is the most he has ever shot in his career. Whereas Westbrook is only averaging 20 points per game, though inefficiently, and he is sort of taking a backseat to Paul George and letting him flourish. And this has definitely shown success for this team. And I think that the Thunder will be an interesting team. So that's everything that I had for today. This is quite a short episode, so maybe I'll just talk a bit about the let's talk about the eastern and western the eastern conference standings right now we'll just talk a bit about what i think for each team so the bucks right now in the east are 25 and 10 they're the top seed in the eastern conference and they're 8 and 2 in their last 10 games so they're definitely on a roll however i think by the end of the season they will probably cool down and become i'm thinking I'm not sure if I want to say it, but I'm going to say that they will end as the second seed because I think the Raptors will surpass them for sure. However, I think Boston and Philly are a little too inconsistent to pass and Indiana is sort of an anomaly, and they will definitely cool down. So I think that the Raptors will claim the one seed by the end of the year. I think the Bucks will claim the second seed. I don't think the Pacers will stay the third seed. Currently, they're 24-12. and 12. They're the third seed in the East, and they've won four straight in eight of their last ten. I don't think that they're a true contender, in my opinion. I know some people are saying, oh, they're a contender, blah, 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 but they, they just aren't. There's just something different. Let's take let's consider the Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, 76ers, and Celtics. Those are the five best teams in the East. Four of those are definite contenders in my mind. The reason why is because the Bucks have an MVP caliber player in Giannis. The Raptors have an MVP caliber player 
in Kawhi Leonard. The 76ers have an MVP caliber player in Joel Embiid. The Celtics have an MVP caliber player in Kyrie Irving. And in addition to this, each of those teams also have a lot of good complementary pieces. In my mind, the Pacers don't have an MVP caliber player. They have an all-star in Victor Oladipo. And then they have a bunch of really good pieces. However, that's just not enough in the NBA to win the East. Think about winning the entire East and going on to play Golden State. That team's got to be solid. And I think that the Raptors have the best chance as well as the Bucks, and then probably the Celtics. So I'm going by these odds of which team I think is going to be the best. And I'm going to relate that to the regular season and say that the Raptors are going to end as the first seed. The Bucks will probably claim the second seed. The Celtics will claim the third seed. The 76ers will stay in the fourth seed. The Pacers will probably land in the fifth seed. And then the rest, who really cares? Let's be honest. You got the Hornets, the Heat, the Pistons, that's fine. Maybe the Nets will make it. It doesn't really matter to me. I only care about the top. One thing interesting to note is that in their last 10 games, the 76ers are 5-5. Five and five. In all 10 of these games, they've had Jimmy Butler. I think he's been out, though, a few games. But anyway, I think that the 76ers really need to figure this out because they just made a huge trade. They got rid of Robert Covington and Dario Saric for Jimmy Butler, which I didn't like that trade personally. A lot of people are saying it's a great trade for Philly. I didn't like it. I don't think it was a great trade. You lost one of your best perimeter defenders and a good three-point shooter, and then you lost Dario Saric, who is also a great piece on this team. They lost a lot of their depth. They're looking really thin. In the playoffs, uh, thinness doesn't really matter as much, but we will see how they play out. Now let's move on to the Western Conference here. Some teams, some noteworthy teams here are the Nuggets, Warriors, Thunder, Clippers, Rockets, Lakers, Trailblazers, Spurs are currently in the playoffs. And then a half game out, you got the Kings, a game out, you got the Grizzlies, and then a couple games out, you got the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Timberwolves, and then the Pelicans. Then obviously the Suns suck, so they're not even in this conversation. That's the interesting part here, is that in the East, you can only consider five teams, really, as true contenders, not even four teams. Pacers, sure, you could say they're a contender, but I don't think they are. And then you could look at another team like the Nuggets. or Sorry, you can look at the Western Conference. You can look at the Nuggets, Warriors, Thunders, Rocket, Lakers, blah, blah, blah. And you could say, these teams can all make the playoffs. They really can. And so I'm going to say which teams I think are a lock to make the playoffs. And I'm going to take the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are too good. They're currently holding the one seed. I think they're too good. The Warriors, of course. The Thunder, of course. Best defensive team. The Clippers, I'm going to say they're also a lock. I think that they're good. I think they'll be make. I think they'll make it. They're 4 and 6 in the last 10, but I think that they're too have too much depth to lose that many games. And I think they will they'll tighten back up as long as everyone stays healthy and they'll probably make the playoffs. I see them as better than most other teams out of the playoffs. I think that they're just so deep. They have Gallinari, you got Tobias Harris, you got players like Montrez Harrell, Shea Gilgis Alexander, such a young, impressive rookie. You got Patrick Beverly. You got Avery Bradley's okay, but you got all these players. You got ten good players on this team. There's no way you don't make the playoffs as well as having two twenty point per game scores in Gallinari and Tobias Harris. I think they're just too good not to make it. So the Nuggets are a lock, Warriors are a lock, Thunder are a lock, Clippers are also a kind of lock, like a half lock. The Rockets, 
are 9-1 in their last 10 because Harden has been a fucking beast. I don't see how they don't make it. Harden is too good. You have an MVP. Rockets are a lock. The Lakers have LeBron. They're a lock. Portland is not a lock, in my opinion. Portland is good. They got Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, and then a bunch of garbage. But (laughs) I think they're fine. I think that they will maybe make the playoffs as an 8th seed, 7th seed where they are right now. I think they're they're approximating their ceiling as they are. But I don't think that they make it, unfortunately. I think that they're just not good enough. However, I'm going to say the Spurs are a lock. I'm going to say the Spurs are going to make it 7 and 3 in their last 10. Really good at home, 14 and 5. Horrible away, 6 and 12, but I think that the Spurs will make it. I think that they're too well coached and you got DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. You have a good enough team to win. So why not say that they make it? Sacramento, I don't think Sacramento makes it. I like them, but I don't think they make it. There's still one spot open for me to predict who I think's going to make it. New Orleans has an MVP caliber candidate, but they are so far out at 16 and 21. They're it's not so far out, but relatively speaking, they're far out in this deep conference. So I don't think the Pelicans make it. I think that they're long gone. I think the Timberwolves have been okay, but I think they're also long gone. I'm not going to count out the Jazz. I think the Jazz might sneak in. They seem like this year, last year was an anomaly. That second half of the season where they were beasting it. Seems like they're just not the same team. Donovan Mitchell has not taken a step up. He's actually kind of regressed. He's become less efficient, and he really hasn't been the highlight reel that he was last season. I like to think that Dallas will make it because I love Luka. I love watching him. I love all these highlights. On my Instagram, I tend to post a lot of him with all these highlights, but I just don't think long-term, I don't think he's really going to... Sorry, long-term meaning the entire season. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, unfortunately. Memphis, maybe. I think Memphis has two really good players. They're 3-7 and seven in the last 10, so they can clean that up. They can probably make the playoffs. So if I were to make a prediction, I'm going to say that the Grizzlies will take the last spot and the Trailblazers will bounce out. But I think the bottom is basically secure. I think the Jazz can sneak in. But I think that you've seen over this part of the season, you see like the five, there are five good teams, like really good teams in the West, and they are all in the playoffs. And I love Houston. I hope Houston keeps on going. They're playing really well. Like, James Harden's averaging 33 points per game this season. Like, what the hell, man? Like, chill out. He wants that MVP. If he can carry them to 50 wins somehow, he can't carry them. He can carry them to 50 wins. If he carries them to 50 wins, like, you're going to have to consider him for MVP, aren't you? Like, come on. This guy's been a beast. No one wants to give him back-to-back MVP because he got his, but you might have to if he, if he brings them to, like, the second seed maybe. And, like, the Nuggets are the first seed because the Warriors are kind of inconsistent. Nuggets are the first seed. Like, who are you going to give to the Nuggets? The Nuggets are so deep and talented. Like, the Rockets are literally Harden, Chris Paul. And then you got Eric Gordon. You got Clint Capella. And then you got, like, I'd say P.J. Tucker's good. And then you got just, like, a pretty okay bench, pretty bad bench. So I think James Harden has a better chance of winning MVP as a result of that. So now that I've talked about all the playoff teams that I like talking about, let's talk about some of the trash teams, should I? Um, long term, 
I don't think there's anyone here that's interesting to talk about. The Suns have been 9-28. and 28. Like, what the hell, man? You crazy? Like, that's really bad. I thought they'd be a bit better. I predicted... I think I predicted in the season that... I think I predicted the Nuggets would make it, the Warriors, the Thunder. I think I said the Rockets, the Lakers, the Spurs, and then the Trailblazers. And then I said one other team, the Jazz. So I kind of fucked that up. I, the Jazz are probably not making it. If the Clippers fall out, then my prediction was right. And taking a look at the East, I said the Bucks would make it, but I said they were the fifth seed. I said the Raptors, Celtics. I said the Celtics would win 65. That was a big mistake. I think everyone expected them to win a lot, though. Actually, I don't think I said 65. I think I said, like, 60, but still. I don't think they're going to make that. 60 would be crazy. They have to go 39 and 8. They have to go 39 and 8 over their last 47 games to be a 61 team. That's crazy. We got the Bucks, the Raptors, Pacers, Sixers. I said I said all these teams, I think. I said this, the Hornets. I think I said the Pistons. I didn't think the Heat would make it, and I still don't. I think... I. Th- I think I put the Wizards in there. I might not have had the Hornets in there. I had the Pistons for sure. So I had those six. I had the Heat out. I had the Bulls in. That was a mistake. But Lowry Markkinen got injured, so it's not my fault. I tried. I said the Bulls would make it. That was bad. But anyway, this episode is essentially done. I've just kind of been rambling a little. Just talking about the East and West. Um, if you guys like my podcast, please subscribe on Anchor. Please, I'd like to see some love on my Instagram. Maybe send me a message, say, I love your podcast, and then it'll help motivate me. You know, e-transfer me some money, that'd be nice. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening, guys. I appreciate it if you made it this far. I'm going to keep trying to make more podcasts. It's just time, there's not a lot of time right now just because of or there wasn't a lot of time over the last four months because of school. During school, I'll have no time to even try and post video podcasts. Like, I don't have, like, half an hour every week. <laughs> even though it doesn't sound like a lot. Well, thanks a lot, guys, for listening. I appreciate it a lot. Please subscribe to the podcast. Follow my Instagram at NBA Coverage and Analysis. I post videos. I post, I post photos. I post about the podcast. I post on my story about the podcast. I just want... Just follow me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, guys.